Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my Duke guest today, Mr. Griffin Smith and Troy Temple. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up from uh, Griffin. Griffin, this is an audio podcast, so I'm going to let you know right off the bat. <laughs> oh, perfect. Right off the bat, I'm giving him a hard, giving him a hard time. No, we've been chit-chatting away this morning, and I've had the privilege of you know meeting you two gentlemen through a program in town that probably some of my listeners, listeners have heard of called Avatar Innovation. You guys are from Team Vivent. And I met you when my wife, along with you, were, you guys were going through the program together. So I'm really excited to have you on to unpack, well, first of all, what is Vivent? What are you guys up to? And secondly, Avatar Innovations from the inside. I think if you're involved in the energy sector, you've probably heard of Avatar. Kevin's done a great job of kind of getting it out there and getting some good media. And I think what they're doing is fantastic. But it's one of those things like, well, what actually happens inside the walls or when you go through, quote unquote, these cohorts and these programs? So let's start with the pitch elevator, which you guys have probably been doing a lot. So I'll point to Troy on this one. What is Vivent? What do you guys do? What problem are you solving in the world? And uh, let's let the conversation unfold from there. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. So definitely the big thing there is is the problem. So as we're going through our avatar journey, we were thinking up solutions. And every time we're thinking up solutions, we, we end up landing on one problem. And that is methane emissions coming out of production tank venting. Now, there are solutions on the market right now. Um, a lot of them can be challenging to implement. Some of them just have to be implemented, but they're not really favorable. Like the, the big thing we see right now is, is either flaring or doing nothing. And, um, you know, the problem with that is none of that really makes money. And oftentimes it's, it's got its own issues to, to manage. And on top of that as well, it's, it's really not ideal from an emissions reductions or abatement standpoint. Um, so we've been looking at different solutions. And, and one of the solutions we found out was a nature-based solution using a uh, microbial mix where they actually consume the methane. Um, so how we've designed this is we've designed a little system where the emission vent goes through our bioreactor, gets consumed by this, uh, by this microbial mix, and then it comes out the other way in a couple different mixes. So there is CO2 abatement there, um, but as well, we do create methanol, which is a product that then can be used on site at these uh, oil and gas wellheads. Back to the the financial model. So I'm picturing, and I'm really going to, I'm picturing Pac-Man literally eating up the methane. <laughs> is that a fair? Is that a fair mental picture for my non-technical audience? As most people, any engineers are rolling their eyes at me right now for saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do say eat a lot, and I think it's a lot less like uh, Pac-Man eating little little okay. balls. I'm also go. dating myself with a Pac-Man reference, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, no, it brings me back to, um, <laughs> but I think it's more like, like an amoeba, right? Um, you know, okay. the amoeba, when it eats something, it, it kind of overcomes and encapsulates it. Um, and that's kind of how it is here, right? It's, it's not just one microbial, like little piece of bacteria that's doing it. It's a whole culture there. And they're okay. living within this culture that is the off gas from these um, tank vent emissions. Um, and so they kind of all circumvent around it, get very mixed into it. And that way, it's not just them going for the gas. It's the gas coming to them and being a part of their network. And then from there, they they're basically have their own all-you-can-eat buffet where they can then metabolize it and, and create the compounds uh, that then we can try to sell. That is a much more inclusive way to present that idea, Troy. I appreciate I, I appreciate the inclusivity of, no, they, they come together because they're attracted to each other. It's okay. No one's getting eaten. <laughs> we like to think uh, our bugs are very friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I gathered that. I, I appreciate that. That tracks well into, in today's world that we live in. Um, how big is the, uh, you know, back to the problem, and I love how you framed it that way. I appreciate that. How big is this problem? That's a good question. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll start and, and I'll hand off Troy if you, if you want to add. 
being the uh, I guess the more business innovation tech human on the team, I <laughs> I I tend to lean on the engineers on the team a little bit more uh, to to correct my path <laughs> sometimes. But uh, the problem, quite frankly, is is fairly large. Um, I, I think the analogy I like to give a little bit uh, is uh, if we were um, in some a city, let's tell, call it Calgary, or whatever, uh, we see a fire hydrant um, kind of get displaced. Uh, all all the kind of water starts shooting out. That's a big thing. That's uh, everyone's mm-hmm. kind of noticing it we tackle that problem immediately but what we don't notice and is a much significant much more significant i guess amount of water is all of the leaky taps within Mm -hmm. calgary that are not being addressed so essentially that's the the kind of the 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 world we're looking at here is all of those leaky taps um in alberta alone i think it was based on 2021 data if i'm not um, mistaken but basically all of the vented um, emissions um, reported uh, to the aer um, were totaling around 3.1 million tons of co2 equivalent effectively and troy please correct me if i did that incorrect but um but yeah that was basically the size of the the pie for just alberta alone in one year for reported emissions now that number could be much larger uh if you start to think about ones that may, may not have been reported um, or um, any of that data being incorrect. So there's a or, risk of that number not so, being high enough um, not, uh, in the sense of what's actually reality versus there's probably not a risk of it being too low. Yeah. Like there's a risk of it being too low, not too high, not overstated. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. And uh, again, just purely in Alberta, that was the number that we Interesting. have. Interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm beating you guys a little bit on this. Uh, <laughs> I recognize. Fall, I have to say, don't fall in love with the problem. Fall in love with your customer's version of the problem. Is this something that is now becoming mm-hmm. regulated? Is it something that companies are going, Troy, you made the comment about like, it, it's, it, we're wasting money. We're losing potential you know, ROI on, on, a, on a part of this, this mix of that we're just wasting. We're just venting it off or we're flaring it off. Uh, are companies or customers, and maybe back to you, Griffin, that you're chatting with, do they really, do they go, yeah, yeah, I get it, but that's not really a problem we're trying to solve? Or are you guys kind of dovetailing in where they're going, yeah, we see regulation coming, maybe it's already here, we want to be more, we've got, a, you know, our, our own reporting around that. What's, where's the balance right now of like, you know, where your customer's at, where your idea's at, and how those two are blending together? Like, where, where do those two perfect worlds yeah. where those graphs intersect at the exact right time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where does it come across yes. at the X and Y axis? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. It's 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 really a, a timing aspect that is, is beneficial for us as well, quite frankly. Um, basically, um, as we understand it, like, historically, it's been pretty much do-nothing, incinerators, etc. Those have kind of met the need. Um, but exactly to your point, yeah, you're you're losing product, and um, right now, quite frankly, the, the regular regulations are actually changing swiftly and significantly uh, to address some of these challenges. Um, we just had a kind of conversation a couple of weeks ago with one of our um, uh, kind of customers, and he was discussing, he went down to, uh, I think he actually went down to uh, Ottawa, effectively, um, to be at a, one of the conferences, effectively, with the regulators that they were talking about there. There are changes that they're going to make upcoming in terms of the venting regulations, and Again, without stepping outside of my lane and knowing all the details, he was just kind of saying, essentially, they're pursuing a path, an avenue where um, doing nothing or incinerating isn't an ideal option. It's not a, um, a feasible option. They're, they're they're looking to basically solve this problem in the shorter term, especially for methane specifically, because that is a higher priority list. Okay, interesting. For them. So 
potentially a perfect intersection of timing and reality and demand and carrot and stick. Like there's the right reasons to do it. And then there's maybe some regulatory that's coming in to force you to do it as a, as a, as a producer with these tanks on your, on your sites and say, Hey, hey I, I can over geek on the idea here. Let's also showcase. So there's the two of you that are both, uh, I think you guys both work at TCS. You're both at the same organization. Everyone involved in this all works somewhere else has a quote unquote full-time job. Correct. So there's some, there's some nodding. So, yeah, and absolutely. also how many of you on the team right now? There's four. Let's let's make sure we call out your teammates that weren't on the, on the call today. Cause I know this teamwork is what drove this thing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know, Troy and I are like in the room. Okay. I, I, what's that right technology? Now. I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. You guys did a good job yeah. of feeling like, Oh no, I don't even know absolutely. that. Like, I haven't seen Troy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You guys played that very coy. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> There, there's uh, four of us on the core team and 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 one more supporting us essentially. Um, so I, I I call it five essentially, but um, yeah, that's that's the group. Four of us went through the avatar uh, program, and the the additional person is kind of come on as a part of it uh, to okay. grow and, and scale the team. And then we've got a network of partners and, and individuals that are supporting us from every different angle. So I'm assuming the two of you knew each other uh, when you. Well. Got and did you guys get quote unquote voluntold? You nope, did it. Okay, you're taking the time we met each other. I know. Well, yeah. Oh, you work. At, it's like saying you live in Canada. You must know Joe. You work at TC. You must know Troy. Yeah. No, there's 7,500 people that work here. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know Troy. It's close so Calgary, you guys right? and let's just take it back and we don't go too far to the roots. But um, I've met a few people in the Avatar program and they got quote unquote voluntold by their organization that hey, there's this great opportunity. It would be awesome if you did it. When you guys first got introduced to the Avatar program and were maybe presented with the opportunity. Let's let's say let's say it that way. You guys got thrown into a group and, and none of you knew each other, correct? That's correct. No. Okay, um, that's no yeah, easy feat. That's just I'll, that's just human I'll, dynamics I'll, I'll right I'll on it. But I know the Avatar put a little bit of <laughs> they put some time and energy into also really understanding work styles and I don't want to just make it oh we just all came together and magically an idea showed up. Like that's not how humans work. It's way messier messier than that. So going back to the beginning of the of Avatar, uh, for you guys, was it a little bit of like, oh, during the headlights, what are we actually getting into here? Like, just give us a little bit of that, those first few Avatar meetings and how that unfolded from both your perspectives. Yeah, so, I mean, there's something we always sure. talk about, yeah. which is that, you know, storming, norming, performing, that yep. whole theory. And 100% those first two, it was it was really that storming. Um, <laughs> you, know, you put together all these people and, you know, they signed up for Avatar. You know, they're, they're all ambitious. They're all hard workers, you know, and everyone wants to get to that poll. And it's it was interesting going into those first couple of meetings trying to figure out, okay, who is everyone here? Like, what's everyone's value? And, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden less about working through those already set norms of, Okay, I'm going to my day job. Here's the set expectation. Here's here's yeah, yeah. the team culture and stuff like that. And it was going into okay, we don't have a culture yet. We don't know our team members yet. We don't know our expectations yet. So it was really about developing all of that as we went through it and figuring out what did everybody have to bring to uh, to to the entire team and kind of really helped us leverage off each other's strengths and then ultimately found what do we have in common that we could base our culture around too. Oh, very cool. Yeah. What I will add, too, is this was all virtual, right? So uh, it's an added element of uniqueness that, um, I mean, we kind of live in that world a little bit now, so it's probably a little bit more of a norm. But this was definitely different if you're you're meeting all these folks for the first time virtually. 
you don't see them in person for months, but you're working together essentially uh, from day one virtually. And funny enough, one of the things we rallied around was using the the Miro app essentially. Just <laughs> that is a go-to tool a in my toolkit board. as well. I'm a big fan <laughs> that, I, that we really didn't start embracing until so COVID. Helpful. Funny how that was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. What man? It'd be great if we had an whiteboard. What yeah. about an online whiteboard? What about one that actually was easy to use? Because that's the other. Uh, there's all the, there's a million tools out there, but which ones actually can you adopt and get going on pretty quick? I don't want to be an expert on the tool. I just want the benefit yeah. that it provides. <laughs> so, well, we are sponsored by Miro. I thought nice. Right? Okay, the... good. All right. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm all about shameless, 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 shameless okay. plugs. Yeah. So <laughs> you yeah. got involved with Avatar. You, you know, norming, storming, forming. Um, uh, sorry, stor- storming first. How? What was the timeline between like getting involved, getting put into a team, and actually starting to land on? Because you guys got put into the methane. Like you were in a category which was solve the methane reduction challenge. Am I correct? Like there was some guidance and some structure around. Yep. Here's you were given the quote unquote problem. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, again, uh, we're running through this uh, just brand new. Not really sure what the program was quite yet. Uh, trying to figure out our feet. Trying to figure out each other. Uh, and yeah, we were just given a bucket. We we chose um, basically out of thirteen, I think it was okay. options initially, saying which topic do you resonate the most with, and then they tried to oh, get to okay. that. Topic. So you did kind of have uh, so illusion a of, of choice. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of us landed in probably one of our top three topics, that being methane, essentially. But yeah, the topic was methane. Just run down that path see, see where that gets you so we had to start from that ocean of opportunity essentially and say <laughs> how do we nail this down to a specific portion of this and a specific idea from there within 12 weeks or probably 11 at yeah, that point. no kidding and that's and the, the, <laughs> quite, the illusion yeah, of we want more choice as humans but you give us too many options and it's actually completely overwhelming like to your point of like you know, I think the science yeah. is, you know, most three to five, beyond three to five decisions, you start to break down and like, oh, I don't know. And it's overwhelming. But yet we'll always say on the forum, give me as many options as possible. Methane, go. That's a pretty challenging, like, so, you know, process. Did you have some mentorship and some support from Avatar to help narrow that down? Or was that all something that was done inside this like newly minted, I'm not going to call it a team yet. I'm going to call it a working group of people that got thrown together. Teams come later, but a working group of individuals. How did that balance between it's a, we have 11 weeks to go and we're landing on where, because you guys clearly articulated where you landed. What was a little bit of the journey of the timeline to get from, you know, there to there? Yeah, and uh, maybe I'll quickly add, and then Troy, if you want to pile on to it, but uh, like we we had a mentor uh, on our team there, Nanette, uh, who w- was fantastic. She is fantastic. Uh, she I've got her coming on the show here in a few weeks. She, yeah. she's, she's an amazing. She's, she's a yeah. force of energy all yeah. to her own. <laughs> oh yeah, she was absolutely incredible. She was really good at just saying, "Here's kind of that." what you're targeting so don't veer too mm, off track don't keep, get too into put, the weeds put some little also, guardrails like, in this is yeah. on your guys's yeah and this is like she can provide those guardrails but also that distance of like this is what you're shooting for but don't get too far off the rails but what we did out of the gate that i think really helped us um was as a team we sat down we said okay well if we think about methane the situation would be okay you, you find it you <laughs> narrow down where and what specifically uh you address it uh, and then you report it, uh, essentially. And so, uh, and along that path is kind of just the life cycle of it, right? And where in that life cycle are the opportunities that we feel like make the most sense? So when we kind of put it in that, I guess, user journey, I'll call it, from my <laughs> my world, um, it kind of helped really frame, like, where do we have, like, interest? Where do we have concerns? Where do we see a lot of people playing in where do we see not a lot of people playing it was a good starting point for us and i think we we kind of hinged on that and kept going back to that quite a few times just to re re ground ourselves 
Troy, how was your similar similar perspective? Like, you know, again, we all can participate in the same event and have a different uh, have a different story to tell after. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I would definitely double down on the we had great coaching, great mentorship, and and great support through the Avatar program. Um, but really, that's all it was. Like, it was just support. There wasn't at that time much of a framework or much of a you know process or you know follow these steps and here's where it would go. It was very much to our own devices and. You know, Griffin touched okay. on the first step we took, um, and, and that really helped get us get us where we're going. Um, but as we went through this, you know, we we didn't know. You know, at, at no point did Nanette tell us, "Oh, yes, that's the right idea. Keep keep pursuing that one." Um, I think we went halfway through our avatar journey um, at, at that first phase, looking looking at uh, one idea that we we ended up throwing out, and and we spent all of this time on that one, and. You know, how, how do we really dove in and just got bought into the solution there? Um, we wouldn't be where we are now. Like, luckily, one thing we had was a whole bunch of other ideas that we were testing at the same time. And basically, you know, having a couple different horses in the race, getting them all to the finish line. And, and eventually we did find that one winner. Maybe it wasn't the one we gave the most oats at the beginning of the race, but uh, mm, we, we got ourselves that. there and... You know, again, the coaching definitely helped and all that, but there was there was a lot of flexibility in our end that we needed to align on to to get to that finish line, and that, I think that was a very interesting experience for me. I've I'm definitely not uh, uncomfortable with ambiguity, but with ambiguity, there's always that you know risk <laughs> there's degrees of, of that too, right? necessarily panning out. And uh, you know, that, I'm okay that with ambiguity, big... but I'm also not okay with failure. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but that's the thing: is ambiguity and failure probably are not same and same you just always have to find those tools and how to work with it and and create your own structure to get to that and then what is failure? we do a podcast like what is failure and what is learning and what is trial and what is failing failing forward and all those those buzz phrases that you've got to be pretty open to go oh no that you know what i was invested in that idea but new information has emerged let me know it's no longer value we're going to go another direction so curious Mm -hmm. from the experience because there's ultimately there's a couple different outcomes i see i'm a company and i decided to send some of my team to avatar and great maybe an amazing idea comes out of it and they go forward and they create an organization they do what you guys are doing but also what's the secondary benefit is all the learning of this creativity and innovation and oftentimes innovation that isn't maybe fully supported in size large organizations it's not a criticism but large organizations are very good at being large organizations and they sometimes don't have a lot of space for let's break it let's file forward let's blow something up and see what works you don't say that in an oil and gas boardroom let's blow something up and see what happens you know i think and i do appreciate the balance so from your guys perspective even if this didn't go forward what was the learning like that then you were able to bring back in this case same company but from in different teams and in different areas was that was that an immediate benefit, even if something else didn't come of it? I, I think it, yeah, you touched on something pretty important there. And I, like the the way that I view it is like always, what's the intention? Mm-hmm. Like go in with an intention, right? Go in with the, the thought process, a goal, a plan of what you want to get out of it, and how you're going to maximize that experience. So my my kind of uh, take on it and, and my perspective on going into the program was. This is this is a world that um, I know I, I want to be a part of. Essentially, the, the energy transition um, side of things, whether it's for a short stint to meet a lot of folks and get a lot of kind of connections and get the opportunity to to hear cool presentations and see a lot of fun stuff. Maybe that's as long as it lasts, or maybe it is coming out the other end with actually a produ- an idea into production that's being tested with users. I'm okay with the gambit, but my goal is to be a part of this in some way, shape, or form, and support and deliver what I can to be a part of that. 
Um, so that was kind of my takeaway from it is whatever I get, whatever I get out of this and to, to kind of progress that goal is, is awesome. I love living in this ambiguous <laughs> space essentially. Um, but, uh, I also have massive respect and big credit to our team. We were, a lot of folks came in and it's new to them. It's, they, they come from, like you say, like a very structured corporate or engineer specific role where it's, it's always clearly defined. So stepping into something like this with a lot less <laughs> on the guidelines world is challenging. And to be able to cut ideas, like pivot, persevere, kill, and just cut things away that you spend time on is hard. So I give big respect uh, to the team for doing that. Uh, and that was, uh, a big learning for me from this experience as well. Troy, similar for yourself or again, everyone's got their own side of the coin. Yeah. I think one thing I did want to touch on is I fully agree, you know, whether, whether we would have been successful or not. And this is always what I tell people that are interested in the avatar program is, you know, you're you're there for the journey and and you take so much more out of this than what you'll potentially give. And I, I say it that way because it's a lot of time. Um, And it's a lot of time that you have to balance with your day job. Um, but yeah. you really have to get to that. What am I getting out of this? And it's a huge personal development growth opportunity here. Um, I think you learn so much, you know, we talk about that working through ambiguity, but even it is that how to work with a team, how to start from zero, um, you know, how to, how to really feel like you can make change. You know, it's, it's easy within, within, uh, you know, a company to feel that you're just, you're just following that direction. So it's, how do you, how do you set your own direction? And then influence others to get in along on that journey with you. So from that end, like if it's something you're looking from a leadership perspective or, a, you know, you want to get into this innovation space or the energy transition space, you know, this is one of the best ways to do it. And, you know, there is a lot of concern around the time it takes, but sometimes you just got to make the time for, for what's important. And you got to tell yourself that <laughs> yeah. this is important for that. How much, uh, I, I really appreciate all of that insight and you're right. And it does take time. It's not free. It takes effort. It takes energy and commitment. And, and time is the, unfortunately the commodity that often gets exchanged in that, in that area. How much time a week were you guys spending? And we'll just talk about, and cause you guys are in, you're in your third cohort or I'm not even sure if I'm using the right terminology. You did the first phase, you made it through, you pitched, you got selected, you went through the second phase and now you're on to the third. Is that, is that easy? Is that the right way to break it's it up? Good, just kind yeah, of it's a good chunks? way to break it up. There's the ignite portion, which is that 12 week, uh, thrown into a group, figure an idea yep. and pitch it to senior leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Call That's that the, the chaos phase. The, trying yeah. to form <laughs> phase. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, once we won, up. that was the question of well, what does that mean, essentially. And then they take. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I remember. I remember the day you guys all pitched, and then it felt like it was like a week after, yeah. and like, oh, we we made it through. And I'm like, what does that mean? My yeah. wife, who was involved in this, goes, I have no, yeah. I, I have no idea. So yeah, I was very, yeah, I was absolutely. a curious bystander through this so journey. Then the as next well. phase was the accelerator. So you go into essentially an incubator of sorts, saying like, we're gonna we're gonna put you through and and uh, do a lot more de-risking. We'll call it essentially uh, run you through where you kind of yeah. blow everything up yeah, and start absolutely. over with the core they, they, idea, right? Is the way it was explained to me. How much time did you guys yeah. spend when you were in the Ignite program? Like what just yeah. average you know, per week? Was it 10 hours yeah, a week, five like hours? Eight, what, I would say in the first Ignite phase and then. The, okay. Yeah. Per yeah. week. Well, that's like you said, I'm clearly on top of the yeah. fact that you have full-time jobs, but I also am, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm making my own assumptions here that your organizations yeah. were fully aware. Yeah. It's not like you're moonlighting on some side gig, pretending you're not doing it. Every, I, it's, there's a lot of, everyone's yeah. transparent oh, about yeah. what's it was, happening. Uh, right? Approved <laughs> and signed off on. Um, but, uh, same with the accelerator. Yes. The accelerator no, yes. phase was uh, totally. a dedicated eight hours that was agreed upon by our leadership. Uh, so 
there you go. You got your, your dedicated eight. It was probably more than that on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, yeah, so no, a legitimate time commitment, I, which, I, which I do yep. like. And again, eyes wide open, right? You're going to get a lot out of it, but you're going to... But, it, it doesn't now we're into, like, I guess, the third phase of uh, once you've kind of come through the incubator, okay, now you're going to go make it a reality, a real company, and you got to start separating church and state, quote-unquote, and you start to start kind of making it specific and yeah, being yeah. very uh, transparent between our organization and, and what we're doing outside of uh, with our free time, effectively. Uh, but I think, too, that was one of my biggest takeaways as well is... The understanding of when you're going into Ignite that you could end up a year later <laughs> as a company, and then you got to realize what that means. Essentially, is is that something that you want to do? Actually, because uh, it becomes a reality. Yeah. yeah, eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so for for you guys, was there just now personal, but go no go points along this journey, or was it always been like like you know, Troy, your thoughts on? Okay, we made it to the next round. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm in. Versus, whoa, wait a second. Did, am I in? Like, I, did I get what I want out of it? Like, were those were were there some TSN turning points along the way? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, um, you know, I'd boil it down to uncertainty through the whole thing. Of is this a valuable use of my time? <laughs> is this uh, is is this something I truly believe in? Yeah. Is is this the stuff I want to spend all this time on? Um, and then more importantly, like back to the la- the the middle one there. Like, is this something I believe in? Do I think this is the right thing to do? Um, and, you know, I think you'd be foolish if you didn't always question yourself on that of, you know, always checking, are we on the right path? But more importantly, like, is this the right thing to do? Um, and so, you know, are there TSN turning points? Sure. You know, there's there's the milestones we make. You know, oh, we, we went through the Ignite program. We went through the Accelerate. I think it's called the Studios program now. Um, and, and now we're on Ventures and got our own milestones as we build out our technological roadmap. Um but throughout that whole journey, it's always that, I'm going to say just constant reflection of, you know, being mindful of what are we working on right now? Is it the right stuff? And then more importantly on that bigger picture is what is the short and long-term goal with all of this? You know, do, do I want to go down this path? Do I want to keep it as a, a side gig? Um, and, and really, where is my heart at that point? And I say reflection, but it, it takes a lot of true honesty as you go through all of it of, being honest with yourself and, and what you want to do. And everyone as a result kind of ends up playing a different part once they realize where their heart truly is. And is that something you got coaching on and support? I appreciate that, you know, Avatar was there to help, you know, give you some guidance and like in idea generation and some of that. But I really love Troy. You really brought the human side of it. like, oh yeah, I'm always questioning every day I wake up and go, oh, is this the best use of my 16 hour day that I'm about, that's about to unfold in front of me. And a lot of times that doesn't get talked about in the entrepreneur journey. We glamorize all the wins and yeah, you got the funding round and everything's awesome and high fives for everybody. But there is that deep introspection that I think comes that oftentimes doesn't get talked about uh, because it's not as shiny. It's not as fun to then just tell the superhero entrepreneur story of like, you know, you blew it out of your basement and it's an amazing idea. And now you've made millions. We glamorize that a lot in our society and a lot of things, but was that part of the model as well of the, or was that just something that you guys as a group really were very aware, aware of as everyone juggled jobs, life, kids, dogs, you know, fitness, <laughs> you know, hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that avatar really supported on was, was the realism of it. Um, especially as we were going to the second half of our accelerator piece, um, the conversation kept going up of you guys need to figure out what happens if you're successful, like if you do get on to the next phase, yeah, nice. you need to figure out what that means to you and all that. And, you know, they, they weren't telling you to find yourself or be true to your heart. They were saying, you've got to be serious. 
um, you know, you, you, this is no longer going to be a course. Yeah, look, look, no far enough, look far you, enough down the look far enough down into down the road into the future. And I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that honesty really did help and make sure that you did understand. Well, yeah, there is there is an uncertain, but also a very heavy-handed future in this. You know, if you go one way or the other, so. They did. They did prime you with having to ask your own questions, but I still think that you did end up having to ask the right questions to yourself rather than just go or no go. I, yeah, it's never. It's so much more nuanced than that. Than that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of of actually moving this idea forward. Because ideas take revenue, take money, right? Take funding. So as you've moved from the Ignite program to the Accelerate, I understand you get a spot like there. You, the part of going forward is because uh, you're pitching like in a dragon's den type environment for most people. I think we know what that is when you hear it as a reference point to see if a company in your case goes, yeah, I think this is viable. I want to put a little bit of money behind it. How does that transition from the um, ignite to the accelerator to the program you're in now? And how does that continue in terms of the, the like the real dollars and cents of funding a startup? Yeah. I, maybe I can speak to kind of the first portion a little bit. Um, <laughs> So, so Chris, as sure. we kind of talked about before we jumped on the podcast, uh, he he was the, the sponsor on our T side, TC side, essentially uh, when we went from. Okay, yeah. well, we're talking about Chris Foster, who I just did a podcast yeah. with the other day. I've had him on the show. Uh, it's Griffin's yeah. boss. And I'm a big fan of Chris and just his general approach mm-hmm. to innovation and and yeah, you know breaking absolutely. things to make them better kind of mindset. So so yeah, having an having an ally like that, yeah. obviously, he was plays a big a huge advocate part. for for the program for us, and and he was a sponsor from when we go from Ignite into the acceleration portion, essentially, and and yeah, we got a bit of funding to kind of keep going through that accelerator portion and and start working from okay, there, amazing. and then yeah, start start working with partnerships uh, that we have uh, built built uh, with UC and and other folks as well to basically start progressing this thing. But uh, yeah, quite quite honestly, that with the point that we kind of crossed. Uh, last Last year and, and where we're at now too is, is just kind of continuing that wheel uh, to see if we can kind of continue growing our funding base essentially to to continue building essentially and, and testing essentially so so that's kind of the phase that we're in really right now honestly I don't know if Troy if you want to add more okay and so are you guys actively raising funds right now or is that tied to just the phase of the Avatar program like again as you get farther forward it it, it becomes its own standalone and alongside Avatar not necessarily as much a part of Avatar it's, is yeah, that the right way to kinda, say it? it's kind of both uh, and like I said uh, Troy you can kind of add okay. if I'm, I'm seeing a different world here but um, yeah Avatar is supporting us uh, absolutely they they um, have some capital available essentially to support the different groups as well as they progress yeah well I know that's part of yeah. their evolving model is with exactly. their own fund and actually being yep. able to invest but at the in same time like, you want to mm-hmm. also have other um, investors and funds available as well right so um, kind of going through that process now as well okay. to, to grow that uh, investor base as well and who yeah one thing I'd say talk to me about that from, because that's, oh. that's, that's, that's tricky yeah sorry no, go ahead try sorry nope. talk to thanks me. Tyler one thing, one thing I would say that's different between the first two phases and, and now is those first two phases it was all about um working with what you've been given, like doing with what you have. Um, you know, a perfect example is with a lot of our technical technological development, it, it takes lab time and stuff like that. You know, it, it was, we, we did get a lot of support, you know, both financially and, and otherwise through the accelerate program, but wasn't enough to, to do the lab testing that we still need to do. Um, and that we're currently looking to do now. Um, so where we were then was working with what we had for the capital. So, you know, we, we scaled back and, and found, you know, the right things to do and, and set, set out a couple steps to say, well, here's where we can get through to our technological certainty and all that, um, you know, given the funding currently at, at present. 
Um, you know, now as we've gone forward, it's, it's a little bit of both now, you know, working with what we can in the present, um, but also understanding what else we need. Like, you know, we we're working with what we've been given, but we've got to figure out what else can be given to us. Um, so with that, you know, yes, we are going all down all the other avenues. We've had so much support from avatar, you know, they, they provide a lot of the uh, front office support and stuff like that. Um, as well as looking for those opportunities for capital. But then on our end, you know, we are driving down, looking for the investors um, that are interested in, in joining us in this um, this opportunity, as well as going down all the non-dilutive um, funding tracks, you know, grants okay. and, and other sponsorship-type opportunities. And how have you found that so far? Like, obviously, I think, Troy, you mentioned before we even got on the call, that's an area you've been focusing on, the grant side, or the, you know, more importantly, non-dilutive funds, M you know, money that can drive things forward without giving away a piece of the, pieces of the, of, the organ of the organization. How's that been? Because I've heard that's going to be incredibly time-consuming. Yes, there's money out there, but you got to find it and make sure you're grant writing. And, like, that, that's a skill set all to, it, all, all to itself, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, yes, the money's out there, but you have to find the right money for you because, you know, not everything will apply in and and it's it's the Babe Ruth model of you just keep swinging and eventually you'll get a home run, uh, but you also get a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. of strikeouts. <laughs> um, and so you, you do spend that time and, and going down those paths and and you do need to really determine what is like how far is far enough for for one opportunity before you realize oh, you know that funding opportunity doesn't apply to us or no we're not gonna we're not gonna get to the next yeah. step for this one. Um, <clears throat> and it's very challenging in this stage where we're at now. You know we've. We've gotten the seed funding we needed to get to this stage, and now we're really in that, um, you know, crevice of, you know, still, uh, still like that technological certainty gap, but then as well needing the funding to to get over that certainty gap. And so right now, I think that's the biggest challenge, and, and I've heard it amongst a lot of our peers as well. You know, we do network with some other entrepreneurs on this. And it seems to be that recurring pattern that you get into this this little crevice where you don't have quite enough, um, you, you know, you, you you can't get the funding because you're you're too early, but you can't you can't get too late without the funding. So it's about finding that right spot and finding most importantly <laughs> the right people. You know, people that are saying yes, we do want to take the risk because we know if we get in early, it uh, it benefits us much greater than if we if we wait. And have you seen? Is there an understanding or is there an approachability for individuals that come from the energy sector already when it comes to we're talking about energy transition and we're talking about the evolution of a lot of companies in that sector pushing technology forward to quote unquote be better? And are you seeing there's some appetite there or, you know, in some of the conversations you're having with people that are from outside the energy sector that are looking in that have an interest in clean tech and what's happening around the, just that pure side of, of energy transition. What's the balance like in the conversation? I mean, I'm getting way in the weeds. I'm like just the people you're talking to, I guess the get it factor followed quickly by the interest or non-interest factor. Um, Griffin, maybe oh, I'll falls over the, room. the customer <laughs> yeah. side of things, but um, I, I will say uh, one thing I see a lot of is it's, it's it's different with everyone. You know, sometimes we talk to people where they love the idea, they love the solution, they're they're less concerned about the things we're typically seeing people concerned about, but they don't get it right. Like they they don't get the value of the methanol and why that matters, and um, okay. and that why that's an important product for us to include in our design. Um, but then on, on the same side, you know, you get the people that are very involved in it and, and they know everything and they get the problem. They really buy into it. Um, but then on there and they've got all these other uncertainties that 
that they're working with and they're very much used to that framework that they're used to in terms of how pro products and projects get developed and that's a little different than the space you see in entrepreneurship change management is all, like yeah the human factor is very real and we are very comfortable and new is maybe exciting but it's also quickly becomes scary it's, uh, and i'll add to it's um it's who's your audience is always the question right so to your point if it's external mm -hmm. that's interested in, in clean tech really driving home the kind of importance of this um, um challenge, a challenge that we're tackling effectively and then what that means from a solution perspective being it's a little bit more on the, I guess, engineering science world uh, from a complexity perspective versus like an electric vehicle uh, thing or right. something, right? It's a little bit more generally understood. So that's one kind of hurdle, I guess, on that side of the world. And then on the other side of the world, um, in the oil and gas space, it's like, again, we're used to our kind of typical how we've done things for a long period of time. We have our processes, we have our um, um, uh, we have operating. So it's kind of then doing that change management side of let's talk about what possible um type uh, world uh so definitely appetite on both sides is just how do you have those conversations with the right folks um and i will say too just right. to kind of get back to the human side of this uh, obviously um I, I i was looking through um some material recently and i saw this entrepreneurship journey essentially and it was it kind of shows that peak initially where there's all the excitement everything's going awesome and then you kind of hit this downslide and then just a little bit of a trough where it's like a little bit of a disillusionment and then you kind of slowly start to like ratchet up and go up from there and i think it's kind of that that trough period that's it's mentally tough uh honestly to to have these conversations it's 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 like yeah. it's like it's like yeah, exactly. it's designed well, to weed you out saying, like, <laughs> exactly. if you're not broken here you you'll probably be able to make it one of them the wins to, to troy's point but um i i think it's it's we yeah. troy and i have a kind of weekly check-in and one of the things we we generally just kind of do always is like are you done yet are you done yet are you ready no not done yet all right we're gonna we're gonna kind of see this through so it's it's a uh, it's always good to have your team and buddy there. <laughs> no, it's good to ask that question. I appreciate. I appreciate that. Yeah. Headspace check. We're we also good. Everyone's still holding it yeah. together. Okay, cool. We'll keep going. I know that's the old joke. There's being you know, there's being an entrepreneur. There's yeah. being entrepreneurial, and then there's being an entrepreneur. They are they are different. Absolutely. They are very 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 different. So just kind of next things. Like we talked about the reality. And I really appreciate how honest and vulnerable you guys. Are. Like yeah, I know this is challenging. It's exciting, but man, like there's some uh, there's some tough times here, and I think that's really important to be honest about that and not just put on our capes and say it was all awesome as we flew off into the sunset what are some of them the next like what are, you know kind of top three things on your roadmap right now what are you guys what yeah, are you guys focusing it's, it's on good question. I, I think um the funding aspect is definitely one of the forefront conversations right we really need to kind of solve portions of that in the right way for the right for us for the solution so i think it's definitely one on the list uh, i think troy touched on the other one is just it, just the techno technology that we're basically driving here um how do we pivot persevere or even potentially kill um along the path essentially the right way so that we're we're not burning and wasting money but we're effectively quickly testing and and adjusting um as we need to so we're not married to a solution versus the problem right so i think that's the second part is really making that uh that technology approach and testing very honed in and, and very very solid as we go forward um when i think the last thing uh, it'll be from my view maybe this is a biased view but is the customer bring the customer along for that journey absolutely sooner or later <laughs> they've got to show up to the party or, or, or I mean, we all sure get to go that, home right <laughs> that continues to make sense for them along the way like i i come from a technology and innovation background and and what drives me up the wall is if i see folks that say i'm going to take a list of requirements i'm going to disappear for six months and i'm going to come back and hand it to you and 
never does it go well <laughs> it's always it's always this rework right it's so like involve them in the journey make them make them a voice and make them a champion and make them have some input and say along the path so that it that it actually hones out a, a more effective solution when the outcome those are my top three <laughs> i really appreciate that but falling in love with your customer's problem means you have to have exactly. them in the room for that discussion <laughs> troy anything you want that was that well articulated troy anything you want to add on to that mm. No, I think Griffin hit it on the head, you know, it's, and they're all kind of married, right? You know, we talk about technological roadmap and, you know, we, we talk about lab testing and it's not just as simple as let's do this in a lab. We got to really scope that out and put in those right iterations, put in those right TSN turning points. Um, but you also need to involve the customer at every step of that too, right? Once you get the results, we say, this is what we're getting. And, and then you have that dialogue to make sure that we are still in alignment with like you're saying that the customer's problem, not just our problem or our solution. It's, it's, it's so easy to flip around in a podcast, but when you get into the weeds of doing it, you have to really force yourself to keep it top of mind. Cause I don't know, maybe human nature, I'm not sure just to fall in love with the thing that's right in front of you that you're working on because you really, and you get, sometimes you get over invested, you get over invested in it. Um, shameless plug. I'm going to put my own filter on this. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of what Kevin and the team at Avatar is doing. You guys wouldn't be here without that. It sounds like it was a positive experience, but please correct me if that's wrong. I'm putting it out there because I, I definitely love to draw as much attention to programs like this, which I think are indeed making a difference. And certainly what I've heard today, it feels like it supports Absolutely. that thesis. I, maybe I'll, I'll kind of uh, apply my, my, my thoughts on that and then just my top three takeaways from the program itself. But um, I, oh, cool. honestly, yeah, right they've on, been awesome, fantastic yeah. from day one. They're very a personal group of humans that are doing incredible things. They're kind of connecting those dots between industry entrepreneurship and just accelerating that process uh, in support of this energy transition. I think Ken, Kevin always says he might've said it on the podcast too, <laughs> uh, as outside the walls, inside the fence type thing. He's that's kind of the world that they operate in navigating this gray space of um, basically these big, big companies essentially, but uh, with this, these folks um, in industry that uh, have that entrepreneurial mindset and want to grow. So, uh, so my three takeaways from it, uh, the program um, just quite uh, flatly. Number one is uh, come in with the intention. Know what you want to get out of it and make sure you hone the experience yeah, around that. getting that out of it. Number two, Troy touched on it, the journey. Make sure you really enjoy the journey along the path. It might be tough, it might be hard, and you, you might not, might hate it a lot of times, but that's <laughs> it might be tough. Yeah, it might be absolutely. hard. It will be tough. Yeah, it will you're be right. Hard. You're right. That's okay. <laughs> you were softening it a bit there, Griffin. Yeah. You're, you put some softeners in. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear any maybes but about to, it. To Troy's point, like you look back and reflect, and those are the parts that like really stand out, right? With the, the challenges along the path, and then I would say just like the on the third piece, just understand that um, while it might seem seem intimidating at the end, you might actually land in a position like us, and and understand like. <laughs> yeah, you might you might just, just have a company at the end. Kind of yeah, that's, awesome. of, <laughs> that's the the perspective or outcome that you're you're shooting for as well. So, very cool. I appreciate that. Well, well articulated. Again, Troy, any any add ons to that, Griffin? You yeah, you, you summed that up nicely. You put a little bow right on it. Boom at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'd agree. Like, very happy with my journey with Avatar, and like more than enough to to thank them for it. I was actually in a, a meeting with Brian earlier today, and. You know, again, we, we were talking about some of the, the wins and, and setbacks that we've been talking about through our journey. And, and the one thing I did say is, like, thank you, because I know we're not always seeing it, but I see a lot of what you guys are doing in the background for us as well. You know, there's that. It, it, it's, it's uh, you know, it's not easy for us, but they're making it as, as easy as it could be. You know, they're, they're trying to get a lot of the things working in the background to help us keep going. You know, they uh, 
they really are a guardian angel of sorts. Um, but but on that note, right, I, I said it's not easy, and it hasn't always been easy, and especially with Avatar themselves in terms of, you know, we talk about knowing your audience, knowing your customers. Here, it's really knowing your relationship, right? What is the relationship between myself and Avatar? What does Avatar mean to me? What are these, who are these people to me? Um, and that's been different throughout the whole journey, and it always changes, it always evolves, and it's it's always been a great relationship, but it's about understanding what that is and, and what we can do for each other. Oh, what a nice way to say it. And hey, thanks for calling out Brian. I've, I only know Kevin. I've only met Brian briefly in passing at one of the events. So Kevin Krauser, CEO and co-founder and Brian Trudell, CFO and co-founder as well. And I've heard, like, I know Kevin a little bit better. So I tend to just say, use his name, but I know both of them play a really big role in the organization. I've heard nothing but awesome things about, about Brian as well. So blatant plugs, shout outs. That's what this, this podcast is all about. Speaking of which, hey, we better shout out your two other teammates or they're going to give me a call. They, they'll already give you guys a hard time. But so who, who else is kind of in, in your corner right now? Who are the other two guys that aren't on the call today? <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, Hermine Kazmi. Is uh, he's our, our Toronto co-part. <laughs> he's uh, he's got a lead in the charge uh, nice, um, huh? from the technology perspective. Uh, and uh, yeah, being Toronto, we've only met him twice in person, so it's <laughs> nice when we get the chance to. And <laughs> I love though that we've got a Calgary-based yeah. thing being Avatar. But when you talk about energy yep. transition, it's a global, you know, to have yep. somebody from Toronto, I think and, that's great, actually, yeah. you know, as much <laughs> as I like to poke fun or vice versa, Toronto, Calgary. But at the same time, that's, that, that is amazing. And I heard you guys had members from across the country. To me, that's a, yep. that's a value add. And that's, that's how you learn perspective, right, is get, yep. influ- get involved and, and include Ryan people. Goddard, <laughs> who's also not Calgary-based. He's in, um, he's in Edmonton, and he does uh, float uh, to other, fo- uh, other areas of Alberta as well. Uh, so he's, he's really our, our connection to reality a lot of time. He's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. every business needs he's that been on the ground 100%. for a long time in the field uh, operating a lot so he's he's our, our counterpart uh, there mm-hmm. well there, he has the reality of this idea and i love it it's not gonna it's not exactly. gonna thrive on the bench yeah. it's got to get out in the field and it like we happen to be doing yeah. this on a minus 25 day but then two months from now we could have a plus 30 day so you've got some extreme yeah. environments for these these you know ideas to facilitate and what works yeah. at home sitting at my desk is very different than what works out at minus 20 no and uh, yeah. we've got uh, Morgan supporting us from uh, the program coordination perspective she's a she was a uh, she's a student right now which is she's getting really she's getting in early <laughs> oh fantastic great so oh what a what a great what a great perspective for someone at that part of the yeah. in that phase of their journey that's fantastic and hey, last but not least, everyone can get a, find everyone these days. But you guys have, if anyone wants to reach out, either to learn more about what Vivent's doing or to learn more about just in, you as individuals or, or Avatar, what's your preferred form of communication? Do you guys like LinkedIn, emails? What, what, do, you guys, what do you guys love if somebody wants to chat? Yeah, I, LinkedIn for sure. Feel, feel free to reach out. Uh, it's just my name. <laughs> Griffin Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's the beauty of LinkedIn. It's not that out. sneaky. I know. Um, I love but, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Griffin yeah. Smith. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably six of you. That's the problem. Yeah, but if absolutely. you go Calgary, you'll narrow it yeah, down pretty quick. TC, works at TC. Uh, yeah, in, in the uh, uh, enterprise advisory space. So fantastic. What about you, Troy? Hmm. Yeah, same deal. Um, I have a LinkedIn, Troy Temple. Um, should be pretty easy to look me up, but uh, I'm sure there's a couple Troy Temples out there too. Um, but yeah, work at TC Energy. But there's only one that. real, there's the only really true, real Troy Temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also do have Gentlemen. emails, um, you know, troy.temple at viventbio.com, which you can always reach me out at too. Nice. Um, but, but both LinkedIn and that email work. We also do have a website, uh, viventbio.com, which, uh, you know, is, is something we want well, to kind of set you up there and, and have nice. that, okay, cool. give, give an idea of kind of the, the problem and the solution that we're working for. 
Amazing. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for your candor, your honesty. That was a real, I love, again, I don't have time for like superficial conversations. We got into some real stuff today, which I really, really appreciate. Obviously, continued. I'm a huge supporter of Avatar. I'm a huge supporter of you two guys and what you're, and what you're doing in your whole team. So best of luck and let's stay in touch. I look forward to touching base a year from now. The, the where, where, where are we now? Vivent update story 12 months from now. Put it in your calendar. It's going to happen. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank Looking you, gentlemen. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Tyler.